Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It has now been a year since the overturning of Roe vs. Wade. And what's so important about this conversation I'm about to have is it's from a different perspective. It's from the perspective of a husband and wife who were abortionists. There were doctors who performed abortions, who came to the Lord, who came to Jesus and changed their ways, who became leaders in the pro-life movement. They're out with a book talking about their journey called The Scalpel and the Soul. Now, sadly, Dr. Noreen Johnson is no longer with us. She has passed. But her husband, Dr. Haywood Robinson, is going to join us to talk about all of it, to talk about the abortion cartel, as he calls it, what actually happens during abortions. And most importantly, to talk about his journey, his wife's journey their change of heart, and that there's hope to try to change the hearts of so many in the country. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation and this book, The Scalpel and the Soul. Stay with us. Well, Dr. Robinson, I'm looking forward to speaking with you about this book. I think it's very important. Before we do so, I'm I'm so sorry about the passing of your wife, Noreen. What do you think she would have hoped to accomplish with this book? Well, It's not really about us being famous authors or making money. Once you go through the horror of being um, involved in the abortion holocaust, the abortion cartel, the abortion industry, you recognize what a wicked, wretched individual that you are. So we rejoiced in being blessed that the Lord Jesus Christ would save us and we could be involved in it. So our hope be involved in this movement. But our hope is that other people who are caught up in the cartel, who are addicted to either the money of abortion or just the general lie that abortion is something uh, and the taking of innocent life is something that should be in our country, that they be allowed to hear the testimony of someone that's been set free, that people who might be working in one of these facilities uh, that they be set free, that the truth, uh, as Jesus said, the truth shall make you free. So what we're hoping and what she would have been hoping for is that we can use this book, the promotion of this book, to save babies' lives 
and to get more and more people out of darkness and into the light of life. Well, I think that's a noble endeavor, and I'm glad you're doing that. You would use the word cartel. What is the abortion cartel? Who are they? The abortion cartel is a tangled web. Let's let's call money the foundation. If you subtract the variable of money out of the abortion equation, we wouldn't be doing this show. The money comes from the individuals who pay to get their children killed. The money comes from the citizens of the United States. For instance, hundreds of millions of dollars go into the cartel through tax money to organizations like Planned Parenthood who receive hundreds of millions of dollars. And of course, just the sale of the chemicals associated with killing these babies. It's a whole infrastructure that that has to do with this. And of course, we recognize now that pimps and human trafficking, they are large consumers of drugs that kill babies, like the abortion pill, because when their workers become pregnant, they force them to take the pill. So it's a uh, um, um, just a collage of money from various sources, taxes, foundations. The cartel gets free uh, legal uh, uh, advice because of the uh, liberal attorneys. And of course, the cartel involves particular politicians and particular uh, political parties. There's one political party who we need not even mention their name. Uh, abortion and the killing of preborn children is the holy grail of that particular party. If you take abortion away from this particular political party, they literally don't have a leg to stand on. So all they have is this lie they call uh, reproductive rights. But these are one of the euphemisms and code words that they use that just means the taking of innocent life. Abortion is not medicine. Pregnancy is not a disease. And reproductive rights is not medicine either. It's simply the killing and the taking of innocent life. I mean, that's a sad statement. It's a sad reflection to the country that murdering babies for profit is such a big business. I don't believe in exceptions. I used to, not even for rape and life of the mother anymore. I, I just don't. I think murder is murder. And that's just my, my own point of view. But it used to be, you know, some on the left, it was, and now it's like this belief that you should be able to, uh, you know, abort babies up until the moment of birth, or even if they survive an abortion. How do you think we've arrived at this point as a country? In the book, Scalpel and the Soul, we talk about how it's incremental. It doesn't happen overnight. My first abortion that I observed, I felt a certain cerebral nausea, so to speak, that this isn't quite right. But what happens, you have a progressive desensitization. The same way that when an individual smokes a cigarette for the first time, they cough. And that's because the smoke is a noxious, unwelcome stimulus and agent to the body. Sin and the taking of human life, uh, innocent human life, is not something that's normal. It's not normal for a mother to want to kill a child, nor is it normal for a doctor to want to kill a child either. But through progressive 
desensitization becoming more and more involved. So you watch an abortion, then you're taught how to do one, and you have, before you know it, within a few months, it's, it's, it seems normal. It seems like it's something that you become used to. You become dehumanized. The baby is no longer a preborn human being. It's simply an agent in this procedure that you're calling an abortion or whatever other euphemism that be used to describe the abortion of taking or the procedure of taking the baby's life. So it's progressive, it's, in, it's insidious, it's evil, and before you know it, you're, it's like being in quicksand. You're sinking deeper and deeper. Many times, individuals who are involved with abortion over a long period of time become uh, addicted to drugs, become alcoholic, they're addicted to the, meta, uh, to the money, and the lifestyle of this easy money, it's a cash business, and abortion is a very, very lucrative business. And of course, we desensitize people with words like, you know, clumps of cells by, you know, describing it that way. You know, how did you get into the to the abortion industry to begin with? Well, I learned to do a procedure called this DNC or dilation and curatage, which someone have had who didn't have an abortion, say, for instance, a woman has a miscarriage and the uterus needs to be emptied of the remaining uh, products of conception so that infection, bleeding and stuff are minimized. But that same procedure can be used to kill a normal pregnancy or to take the, the life of a preborn child. Uh, basically, it's a uh, it's easy uh, to learn. The procedure is not complicated. And once you know that procedure, you, I was able to become involved with moonlighting, working after hours at abortion facilities in the Southern California area. It would be you're paid basically half the fee for the uh, that that the facility would would receive, and it's very, very easy money. And I will say that even at the time I believed in abortion, I didn't enjoy doing abortions. Uh, no one, I believe, really enjoys it. But once you get addicted to the money, and you know, it's another thing that, uh, or I should say a phenomenon that happens. There's a certain subconscious uh, godliness that you have, the power of life and death, power of death in your left hand and, and the power of life in your right hand, to deliver a baby in one room and be able to go to another room and kill another. Subconsciously, it's a godlike type of posture. So that's where I live. Uh, but I tell you, it's a dark place to be because there's no life there. We are not created to take human life or to be involved with something that's as sacred as uh, one of God, well, God's highest level of creation made in his image. You had mentioned this before, you had referenced this before, but we're often told that, uh, you know, abortions are the life of the mother, it's rape or incest, but isn't it something like 99% of abortions are elective? It's just someone who decides, I don't want it, you know? Yes, of course, more than 99%. And I've met quite a number of women who have babies or who are now adults or children who are products of rape. 
Now, we got to remember that abortion is a traumatic experience for a woman. So if you have a trauma of sexual assault, which is a horrible, horrible traumatic event, what you're saying is we're going to take another traumatic event and kill the baby as if it undoes the injustice and the pain of the sexual assault. No, it doesn't. Actually, it's God's way because the normal uh, psycho-neuroendocrinological changes that happen in a woman when they are pregnant have to do with nurturing, love, sensitization that actually are helping to heal the mother. The other issue is why should a child pay for the crime of their father? That's absolutely unheard of. You don't punish an innocent preborn child because their father uh, committed a crime against their mother. It's absolutely absurd. The abortion does nothing to help psychologically women. It actually harms them. It's as if a person comes to you with a broken arm and you say, you know what we're going to do for you? We're going to make you feel better by breaking your leg. It's absolutely absurd. The, the life of that baby really brings hope uh, to the mother who has been assaulted. And that baby is, does not remind that mother of the rapist. It reminds them of hope and life. What happens during an abortion? Well, as I may have said earlier, it's not a complicated procedure. The lie that they say that it's a decision between the doctor and the patient. You don't really meet the patient till you walk into the room to perform the procedure. It's the woman is usually on the table. You briefly introduce yourself. And within 10 minutes, you've given a local anesthetic. The woman may have some sedation already aboard. You dilate the cervix, the opening to the uterus, and then you use some instruments to basically uh, homogenize or destroy the child, and then generally ending with a suction curatage, sucking the, the, the different body parts of the baby out. And within 10 minutes, you've taken away uh, the most important uh, thing that a woman may have had, and that's the bringing forth of life from within them. And then you send them out on the street after a, a quote-unquote short recovery time and tell them a lie that everything is going to be okay and that you've just exercised your reproductive rights when a woman knows that they've just done something that is horrible and damaging physically, possibly, but definitely psychologically Women generally don't get over their abortions. How early can a baby survive outside of a mother's womb? Generally, a baby needs to get to about 22 to 24 weeks to have a chance to survive outside the womb. The technology that we have in the neonatal intensive care units right now is just unbelievable. The drugs, the ventilators that they use. So generally 22 weeks. Now we've got to remember that Abortion is legal in lots of places up until the time of delivery. Babies are being 
delivered by late-term abortionists who are far past the gestational age of 22 to 24 weeks. There are people who are getting abortions way into the third trimester, maybe 30 weeks or above. And literally abortion is legal up until the time of delivery. Do you think technology is helping to change opinions? I know so many women, even some who who do believe in abortion, that, you know, the second they heard the baby's heartbeat, it just totally changed their perspective on on the child. Like it, it made it real to them in a way that it wasn't before. Of course, Lisa, this is the number one technology would be ultrasound, of course. And that's what you're alluding to. Eighty percent of the women who are abortion minded when given an ultrasound, and see their child with their eyes, the eyes of the window to the soul, and they see that heart beating, and they connect with their baby, 80%. That's why the pro-death movement, I call them the anti-humanites, they hate pregnancy resource centers. The pregnancy resource center was the first ministry that I became involved in after I got set free, and the Lord set me free. And let me tell you, it makes such a difference to know that all we need to do, if we can get that woman to come to the center, tell her that we've got resources for you, we're going to help you, we're going to do an ultrasound, we're going to give you an opportunity to try to support this baby, parenting classes, uh, supplies for the baby, etc. It's not normal for a woman to want to kill their child. It's just not. Women want to have their child. That's the way they were designed through their brain, through their nervous system, through their hormones. So 80% ultrasound, the biggest technology. But you know what's also changed the minds? We can do surgery on babies and actually put them back in their mother's wombs. You know, we have unbelievable pictures. Life magazine, 30-something years ago, had those unbelievable pictures of uh, phytoscopy, color pictures of the babies in the womb where you could actually see these are small human beings developing inside another human being. We're going to take a quick commercial break. More with Dr. Haywood Robinson. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. How did you get set free, as as you said? You know, what was that awakening like? What spurred it? You know, talk about that. Well, the Damascus Road where that happened was actually a contemporary Christian music concert by Leon Patillo in March of 1986, where he prayed. He asked those people or asked in the audience anyone who wanted things to be 100 percent right with God to stand up. And I stood up, but I didn't know exactly what he was praying for, but God knew. And over a period of several weeks, the Lord showed uh, me through other believers, taught, you know, showed me what the gospel was, who Jesus was, respect to saving us, cleansing us of sin, transforming us by the renewing of our mind. You got to remember the whole notion of abortion is really in your mind, that ma- and it manifests itself physically. You're lied to by the enemy to make you think you actually have a right to kill a preborn child. So what happened, basically, I, the Lord saved me. From that point on, he transformed us. He uh, moved us from killers to uh, pro-life warriors. And it's a blessing to be in this movement and seeing so much happen in, in the pro-life movement to see Roe versus Wade overturn. I was a junior undergraduate when Roe v. Wade was passed. And after practicing more than 40 years, or almost 40 years, I was able to see it overturned, which was indeed a blessing. But we as pro-lifers must recognize that there are still many, many abortions on it. The percentage of abortions that actually decrease is uh, it's it's a number, but it's not enough. It's not the majority of abortions. The majority of abortions are still going on, and it's easier to get an abortion now simply because the chemical abortion 
or the abortion pill is so easy to get. And it's abortion pill that's used in the overwhelming majority now of first trimester abortions. Now you're a leader in the pro-life movement. You've spoken around the world as director of medical affairs and education for 40 Days for Life, uh, one of the largest pro-life organizations in the world. What has that been like for you to set others free, to be able to have these conversations with other people, to be able to get other people to, to change course or to change hearts and minds? I don't meet a lot of people who have changed their minds. I meet other people who have gone through the same thing. And it just is reassuring when you meet these people. I was able to meet Abby Johnson the day after she walked out of the Planned Parenthood facility here in College Station, where I live and where 40 Days for Life started. To see Abby Johnson the day after she walked out was like watching a wet newborn baby with the clamp still on the umbilical cord. She was scared. She, the, she was fearing that Planned Parenthood was going to lash out at her. Of course, they did. And it's through the process, very interestingly, that Planned Parenthood made her the national and now global icon that she is in the, in the pro-life movement. So it's reassuring that you can sit down with someone else and you can share, well, the Lord did this for me, and now he's got me as director of this Pregnancy Resource Center. The Lord saved me here, and I'm able to uh, uh, help with this maternity home over here and actually see that over a period of the last several decades, the pro-life movement has many different arms from, like I said, maternity homes, pregnancy resource centers, different ministries and churches, adoption agencies, that we've all seen proliferate since that horrible decision in 1973. What's pretty wild is Margaret Sanger, who is the founder of Planned Parenthood, actually believed in eugenics. You know, she wanted to kill black babies and her dream and her efforts are now being continued to this day. But people don't want to talk about that or denounce the fact that they're following through on this evil woman's mission. Well, when you say people don't talk about it, I think people like us talk about it. There's right. certain people in certain political parties that don't talk about it. In one side of their mouth, they say Black Lives Matter. Out of the other side of their mouth, they say more tax money to Margaret Sanger's Planned Parenthood. But it should be noted by uh, your audience that a black woman is twice as likely to get an abortion than her white counterpart that in New York City, there are far more abortions than live births. And this is not by accident. This is the manifestation and the realization of Margaret Sanger's vision of suppressing uh, certain population groups. This is black genocide. But because it's not politically correct uh, to say that, it's not promoted as such. They, we'd rather say black lives matter, but it's really not true. All black lives don't matter. It's just that uh, the people who say that often will say that su it's really some black lives matter, but preborn black lives, no, not so much. What does this book mean to you, sir? You know, what was that writing process like to kind of take people through where you've been before and, and where you are now? Well, 
I first want to say that this is not about me or Noreen becoming famous authors. What we really want or the, the save babies and how, how would that come about? Well, maybe a mother who's, who's pregnant and thinking about abortion might read this book. Maybe a facility worker working in an abortion facility who really doesn't like working there. I didn't really like working there. I was doing it for the money. Maybe a doctor who's been seduced by abortion reads the book. Maybe a parent who is trying to seduce their daughter and force their daughter into getting abortion reads the book. I'm hoping that hearts are changed to save babies, get people who are working in the cartel out of it, to close facilities, and make people aware of this global holocaust. This is just not the United States. This is a global holocaust of about 60 million babies being killed every year, a bit over a million in the United States alone every year. This is unprecedented in human history, and we've got to do our best to get behind God. We've got to remember that this whole killing of the innocents of is far more offensive to God than it is to us. So if we rally behind the Lord in his fight against this Holocaust, we will win and we will be victorious in seeing the rights to, of the preborn human being be recognized, their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I just love how you said that so much, sir. It really is just, it makes you sick to your stomach when you hear the numbers and you think about all those lives that are being killed, just innocent babies that aren't going to get a chance to, you know, to live, right? To, to have that ability to, for life and, and liberty and just denied opportunity of life. It's hard to believe how we're here and, and how other people don't see it the same way. How different our world would be with those people who have been aborted. They never had a chance to contribute to and be a part of our society. Quick break, more from the new book, The Scalpel and the Soul. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carmen and Juni. 
I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really makes me sad, too, because, you know, there's also this notion that is pushed from the left of denying children and babies with differing abilities from from, you know, to deny them life. And I'm someone who has a little brother with Asperger's and an aunt who has special needs. And I know how special they are in my life and how much value they bring this world. And, you know, it breaks my heart when, you know, there's this thought process that somehow just because a child has a different ability, they don't deserve life. And that's where in medicine, and I'm part of that group, it's been the greatest betrayal of human trust, of of community trust, when we became the executioners for the Roe v. Wade death sentence. What we basically said is we're going to be complicit with this decision, and we are going to be involved with killing 90%, 90%, we kill 90% of Down's babies before they're born. Why? Simply because they have an extra chromosome. That is wrong. We've decided that their lives are not as valuable as ours. They are a lower class of human being. Therefore, they don't have the same worth as us because they're not so bright. They're not so smart. They're not as cute as you and I. You see, so we have created a, a, a class. What I've learned is from, and these are from my patients and from young people who um, get a prenatal diagnosis, let's just say of Downs. There is pressure put on these families for that they should get abortions. There's pressure put on families when there are many times very minor apparent complications uh, basis as well, you know, there's a possible possibility that the baby may not be normal. Don't you want to abort? And they pressure families and bully them many times to the point to where they do succumb to aborting their child. Dr. Robinson, I, I'm so glad you wrote this book. I, I just I, I hope this message gets out to everyone and I'm so glad you've taken the time to share it with us today. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with before we go, sir? 
I'd just like to say, everyone out there, first, if you're a part of the pro-life movement, stay in it. Try to get others involved. I say to the church globally, please wake up. Please speak out against this Holocaust. Please come onto the side of the Lord and fight this Holocaust. We can win. God wants to stop it. He will stop it if he has to. I'm not quite sure we would like the way he could stop it, but I want it to stop based on us in repenting of our wicked ways and turning away from taking innocent life. The Scalpel and the Soul out now, uh, written by Dr. Haywood Robinson and his wife, Noreen Johnson. Uh, Sir, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing this on the show. I, I really appreciate it, sir. It's been a blessing. Thank you for welcoming me. I was Dr. Haywood Robinson. What a testimony that was. I I really appreciate him coming on the show and sharing that. Must have been hard to with his wife's passing. I want to thank you guys at home for listening every Monday and Thursday, but of course you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together as always. Until next time. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.